0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world.
1: Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, June 9th. And you know what we do on Fridays? Well, most Fridays, when there is a UFC card the next day, it's Fighting Fridays. We're fighting about it. Well, are we going to fight a little bit about it? Maybe in the chat, maybe in the chat, maybe a little bit. Give me those thummy thumbs. In the chat, I see some of the, the, the early birds, Wataz, D Dental Floss Tycoon 999. He's a new guy here. He's a dental floss tycoon. I don't know how much money can you make off a of dental floss? I don't know. Maybe you should ask that guy. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what we should be saving up on. No, not gold, dental floss. You never know. But we'll be talking about the uh the UFC two eight. What I don't even know what number are we up to? 289, I think, maybe something like that. Uh, talk about the the UFC card for tomorrow. Uh, the slate on DraftKings two hundred thousand a first uh, if it's solo first for uh, the the big contest tomorrow on DraftKings, and it's not a particularly appealing slate, right? I just lay it out there. I don't think it's a particularly appealing card. I don't think it's a particularly appealing slate. Uh, one of the main reasons is that it's only eleven fights. And I hate smaller cards. I hate smaller slates, less combinations, right? Less combinations available for you. Know I mean, and every time you duplicate, you know, the more and more dupes that you build, the less and less your expected value goes down. So not a big fan of 11 fights because that's what we talk about on this this preview show, right? We'll talk a little bit more tomorrow on, on Crunch Time, right? That'll be uh, 6.15, 6.30 Eastern tomorrow, me and Mike. We'll take a take a, a a look at the slate after after I've I built most of my lineups and everything. I don't even I don't even know what I'm going to be doing. I'm not going to be playing much volume. This 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 slate is not appealing from from a DFS perspective. I mean, say whatever you want from you know entertainment wise. Are you excited for a Nunez fight? I mean, Darius versus Oliveira. I mean, some of the fights I, I I'm looking forward to seeing. But I think from a slate perspective, it's not not the best of slates that I feel to invest much money in. So I don't know if I'm going to play large field. Maybe I'll just play three small field lineups. I don't know yet. Uh, But I'll know more tomorrow. So check out Crunch Time tomorrow, 6.15, 6.30-ish Eastern. If you're a premium member, which you should be, right? Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. You'll get Lehman Mike's breakdowns of all the fights. You get the Grounded Pound podcast. You get the expert survey. You get all the all of our projections, our ownership and everything to help you build profitable lineups. And uh, and yeah, so so D fig is only two favored inside the distance. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't have that many appealing fights, right? Not that I many, that much wrestling, a lot of, a lot of I mean, it's not even, it's not even I don't I wouldn't mind if most of the fights were pick'em, but they're not. So that those are the two contextual variables we always talk about every Friday, right? When you assess a slate, especially if you're playing large field GPPs, is what is the more probable construction, more or less probable construction of the nut lineup? Because most of these contests, you're going to have to kind of play, you know, the best possible lineup that you can make between we only we only got 22 options, right? Sometimes you only sometimes you get 30 right a little bit many more combinations there so the two contextual variables that you should be looking at are the size of the slate and the spreads of the fights okay size of the slate 11 small not really really small we've i've we've we've had nine fight slates we've had 10 fight slates 11 i would put on the smaller side okay so as the number of fights go down the more and more simply winning a fight is valuable, right? Especially when we're talking about underdogs, right? You're talking about Jasmine Jasuda Vicious, right? At 6,900, plus 1,000 inside the distance. Well, I mean, if she wins via decision and scores 67 points, that's much more useful on a smaller slate than on a larger slate. When there's 15 fights, There's more and more opportunity for another underdog to, you know, put up a hundred points, put up a good score. The less fights there are, the less opportunities there are. Okay. So if you're, especially when it comes to underdogs, 11 fight card, we're weighing win probability a little bit more. And and let's be concerned about, you know, what is there at true ceiling? A three round decision. eh, it score 72 points. Is that going to be good enough? Much more likely on a smaller card than a larger card. And then we look at the spreads of the fights. And why do we look at the spreads of the fights? Because that'll determine more or less probability of how many underdogs win, right? How much salary is the nut lineup going to spend? When the spreads are small, when the biggest favorite on the slate is barely a two to one, it's much more likely that more underdogs win on the slate, which means the less and less salary you would need to use. The nut lineup could be a, a lineup that, I mean, we saw last week. The nut lineup could leave 1500 2000 on the table. Because the differences between the $7,800 fighter and the $8,800 fighter isn't all that dramatic. And you have a lot of those. So you could have a slate where four, five, six underdogs, I put them in 12, this, we're talking about fights that are like, Minus 130 plus 110, which is it's not that big of a spread, okay? But then on slates where you have multiple massive favorites, it's overwhelmingly likely that they're going to win, right? More and more favorites are going to win, which means it's more and more likely that the nut lineup comes closer to $50,000 in salary. Does it mean 50K? It could be 49.4, 49.8. 8 but less likely to be 47,000. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Just means it's less likely. So on this card, we have low number of fights, 11. And the spreads are not dramatic, but they're they're healthy enough, right? Amanda Nunes, 77%. Dvorak, 72%. Maverick, 76%. Ige, 71%. Builder, 70%. Then Milad is 67%. So I mean, like from a Two to one favorite and above, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, six fights. So more than half the fights feature a two to one favorite or better. Five of the fights are much more in the pick'em range, right? Minus 145, minus 155, minus 130, minus 115, stuff like that. So the nut lineup is a little bit more likely to use more of the salary than less of the salary more and remember these are more likely less likely who knows tomorrow you know we could have massive three four massive underdogs you know win and some lineup that leaves 4k on the table is the the optimal lineup, the nut lineup maybe no one has it but it could be i mean it's just it just means it's less likely so that's like the perfect storm i mean that combination of less number of fights and bigger spreads Means that the the lineups that are more likely to be the nut lineup are also going to be more likely to be duplicated, right? Forty nine eight lineup like on an eleven fight card, it's and unless you're, I mean, unless you're going really off the board with the combinations, like it's probably going to be duped more than five times. And then even the combinations on this slate, there's really no, I wouldn't call it that. There are really no low owned fighters. You would have to find low owned combinations, but that, like, based on, on my ownership, at least, as of right now, even Steven Erceg, who's a late-minute replacement, a late, a la- I mean, a la- I mean, he got replaced, what, a week ago or something, not that last minute, minus 223 underdog against David Dvorak, but he's plus 400 inside the distance. I mean, Dvorak ain't, ain't great, even though he's a... Two and a half to one favorite, almost a three to one favorite. But even Steven ursegg like I have, is like 16% owned. As the lowest owned fighter on the slate. Irini Aldana, right? The, the in the main event, the biggest underdog against the man in Nunes. I still have is like it's probably 16-18%. It's a five-round fight. If it, if it gets extended, I mean 6700 Who knows? Who knows what happens? So it's like I take even take a look at the mid-range, like this Maria Oliveira D- Diana Belbita fight, which is more likely to, to not end inside. I mean, this is this is plus 415 ITD for one, plus 475 for the other. Like this, this is the most likely fight to go to the scorecards. And probably he's not gonna feature much wrestling. So you look at that and you go. Well, that's even going to be 20%. Like, even these, these women are going to be 20% owned because they're in the mid-price mid, for mid price range. It's easier to build lineups with them. And who knows who's going to win? And also, because it's an 11-fight card, maybe simply getting... If Oliveira wins with 87 points, maybe that's... Maybe that's... That makes the optimal. That could... It still could. So even they're going to be owned. So, like, everyone's owned. Now I'm in Zahavi, plus 400 inside the distance at 7,900. Maybe he has. It's good defensively, not necessarily the biggest offensive threat. But I mean, if he's going to be twenty percent owned, like where, where, where's my low owned people? Where are my low owned guys? Even, even the like Adam Fugit. Fugit. Am I cursing? Fugit. Adam Fugit. That's kind of how he fights, right? If you see how he fights, Adam Fugit, right against Mike Malott, who's going to be the second most owned. Or, like Nunez, like Nunez Malat is going to be the most popular combination, but like even Adam Fugit, 22% owned. Like, you're not getting like some 7% owned guy or an 11 or multiple 11 12% owned people to make you know make make these much less duplicated combinations. It's like, like yes, you you should stay away from the most duplicated ones, which is going to be like Nunez, Nunez Malat. I mean, I think that's going to be the D by far. By far the most, you know, own combination. Nunez Malat. sixty. I mean, we have it at sixty six and forty six. I have it at sixty two and forty eight. About the same, right? And one and Nunez is ninety five hundred. Mulat is eighty eight hundred. How many combinations of these four line four other fighters? Average remaining player salary seventy nine twenty five. Do you think there really are? If you're playing large field, I. I, I could see a world, I mean, even, I could see a world where 99% of the, 90-something percent of the combinations of this are duplicated more than five times. I mean, you'd have to just, like, pick all the underdogs, right? You've got to Steven Urseg, Desudevicious, Weir Nelson, and leave, you know, all this money on the 3,700 on the table, like, something like that. That won't be duplicated, but also the win probability goes dramatically down so i'm just looking at this going i mean is do you even make combos with nunez malot i mean this this is the problem with this slate this is why i say this slate is not as appealing is because like they nunez and Malat obviously have the best itd lines on the slate and we have a lot of fighters that don't have very good itd lines i mean we're really looking at like what one, two, three. Four, five, five, six minutes. Six fighters that have anything over like a thirty-five percent ITD. I mean, we're probabilistically we're going to see more than half the fights like go to scorecards, and don't really have many fighters that you know get that much volume. That in three rounds, oh, seven takedowns, ten minutes of control time. 274 strikes. I mean, we, we just don't have those types of fighters on the slate. As, I mean, can it happen in any fight? Sure. But, I mean, really, we don't have those styles of fights. So you're looking at this going, you don't play Nunes and Malat, I mean, who do you play, right? Instead of playing Nunes, maybe maybe Nunes wins but just doesn't score enough for 9,500. Maybe maybe Dvorak outscores her. Maverick, Ige, Builder. Someone like that. So that's a method that you could go. And instead of playing Malat, you play someone in this mid-range, I'm off or, or Richie Lang or you know Barrio. But, but it's not like these guys are, are not owned. They're still owned. Right? Oh, Blake Builder, 34%. Dan Ege, 34%. I mean, like the yeah, Malat is forty-eight percent. So yeah, you're 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 shedding some ownership, but I mean you're still in the range where You're you're playing lineups that are duplicated seven, eight, nine, ten times. And you're just killing yourself. So that's why going through, I'm like, I... I I almost feel like I I should be playing less lineups and then just play the highest leverage lineups. And just like, dude, instead of playing Nunes Malat, play Fugget Aldana, right? Like, literally play the fighters against the two for leverage. And then... Build combinations of that, and even those lineups are n- not necessarily guaranteed to not be duped. They may be duped under five, but I don't think they're going to be unique. Like if I build a lineup, for instance, with Aldania, right? Where is she? Aldania and fuck it, right? Fuck it, right? And now I play, you know, I don't play Milot. I play Builder. Builder and Maverick, got 8,800 left. Ege, 8,500 and Imovov or, you know, like something like this. Like this type of lineup. It's not that appealing of a lineup. That's why I just don't invest that much money and just play. Maybe you don't play Adani and fuck it together. Maybe you do, you know. Maybe I do ten Aldana lineups, ten fucking lineups, and ten combined lineups, and just like that's it. I just hope for chaos. Like to me, that seems like the like, that seems like the the highest EV approach. It feels like once you start building Nunez malot lineups, you're you're in trouble. You're just in you're you're in you're in dupe city. It's the most likely lineups to be first place, though. That's the problem is that that you don't have that much leeway. Well I'm definitely be looking to play more of these other nine k fighters than play Nunez and play more of these these middle range fighters than than mulat. But even if you take a look at my my odd sheet that I put together with the ownership and the projection and everything, like even with their ownership even at 62% owned for Nunes and 48% owned in Malat, they still they still rate rate better than than all the fighters they're still the two highest rated fighters in my quote model that they're actually underowned technically right oh they're underowned so play them and then run into duplication of 8, eight of, you know 28 dupes of that lineup like that that kills you So this is why this is why i'm going over this i mean this is what i go over the slates every every week that that obviously that there is a slate last week was great last week was awesome last week we had a ton of fights pickums galore we had two mispriced fighters that of course malarkey lost right you were able to make so many combinations that. No, I played lineups that left like four or five thousand on the table. The average, on average, I was playing forty-six thousand dollar lineups. I was playing forty-eight thousand dollar lineups. I was playing 45 forty-five, seven. Line- I mean, like it was, it was. You could make tons of them, and the, the the ownership got so condensed last week. Like people just like, nope, we're just going to spend all of our money no matter what. So you had all these fighters that are 50%, 60 percent owned just because of the two mispriced fighters, because of Malarkey and Miller. So you had the opportunity to build so many, so much, so many plus EV lineups based on that. I misjudged the ownership. I, I thought the ownership would be condensed, yeah. And there'd be more people that build like 49.5 plus lineups, but way more people did last week. I was shocked at some of the ownership of Santos and Silva. Like I have, I, I projected them for like 40 each, like 40, 42 each. They came in at like 55 to 58%. I'm like, wow, it made that all the underdogs, like you had to drop, you had to have all of their ownerships. And had I done that beforehand, I may have ended up with more of those underdogs. But I had most of of them at like 12% and 14% rather than 6% and 8%. And it would have made a dramatic difference. I don't think we're going to get that on this slate. I don't think I'm going to be off on some of these. I I, I don't think there's going to be fighters that are single-digit owned. Is that a hot take? If, that I, I don't think there's going to be a single... Like, the, like the lowest-owned fighter will still be double it. Will at least be 10% owned.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: That's what I think, and of course, knowing me, I look at Miranda Maverick at ninety three hundred, you know, the high-priced women's favorite at plus two seventy five itd, and go, okay, let me waste some money on this, right? Of course, one uh, one of my big scores was a similar slate with Miranda Maverick. I think it was against uh, it was against Shannon Young or Sabina Maza, one one of those fights. Where she was like ninety two hundred and like eight percent owned. The problem is I don't think she's going to be eight percent owned here. I have her twenty four percent owned. Like that's a dr- that's a dramatic difference. Even if I'm off, let's say she's eighteen percent owned. It doesn't. It's not that big of an edge. Uh, you don't. You don't get. I mean, even if I, even if I switch this, let's say I switch this down to make it so that it's. Eh, Sixteen percent total. Okay, she'd be a little bit better. Fourteen sixteen. If she was nineteen percent on, it's like it's still it's like you take a look at my sheet. Most of the fighters are like based on my projected ownership and their projection and their and their 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 betting odds are mostly efficient. Are most I mean it's it's nothing sticks out dramatically. Little things stick out that obviously Amanda Nunes with five rounds to work with and a minus 140 ITD, even at 62% owned, I mean, I still have her as the highest rated fighter. Still have her as technically, like, under-owned. And even Malat, like, compared to other fighters. But Malat, I have much more closer to Builder and Ege, and even, well, maybe even Darius to some extent. That to me, based on based on my numbers here, that you get more out of Nunez than by Malat. that I'd, I'd be playing more Nunez and then getting different than Malat and getting different. Then on the underdog side, like guys like Zahabi and Chris Curtis, like I'm 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 almost always under on Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis is is habitually overowned. I have him at twenty six. He's overrun. He's plus three hundred inside the distance. Has no wrestling. Then Jasmine Jesuda Vicious is plus one thousand inside the distance. Does she have win equity? Sure, but I mean, I don't think she's going to beat Miranda Maverick. I mean, she's not very good. She she has no she virtually has no stand up game, and her and her and her wrestling is is all physicality based. So yeah, she beat what Fernandez. But like before, like Natalia Silver destroyed her. And like the step up from Fernandez to Maverick is ridiculous. Maverick is one of the the top prospects in that division. You know, top, she's the top 10 in in Jasmine vicious isn't. Can she win? I guess so. Maybe. The decision? I don't know. But I have her as as over-owned at 20% like even if even even if she was even if she was 12% owned I would have her as like okay that's what she should be that's the problem this late it's like this there's no clear chalk that people are going to like on the underdog side that's like patently going to be overowned and on the favorite side the where the chalk is going to be They probably should be a little bit more on. So like you you get in a spot where there's 11 fights. The spreads are wide enough. So you're probably going to be spending more of your salary. You're going to be playing more of the chalk and you're going to, so what's going to happen? You're going to end up with the lineups that get duplicated too much. So That's why you sit there and go, this is not, not that appealing of a slate. The lineups that are more likely to win and more likely to be played more likely to each other are closer to each other. You want slates where the lineups that are more likely to win are not the ones that are more likely to be played, right? Those are the slates that have an edge. Those are the slates that you want to play. This one isn't. So that's why, like, to like to me, I feel like maybe just make 20 lineups or something, the large field, make some Aldana lineups, make some Fugget lineups, make some combination of both and just, just hope Amanda Nunes is in her, in her mind, this is her retirement fight. And just, you know, Irene Aldana wins, right? She cardio dumps or something and finishes Nunes in the fourth round or something. Who knows? Say for Mike Malott, Mike Malott has like, Mike Malott has fought like what 12 times and has like a grand total of like 15 minutes in the cage. Right, like he wins all these fights early and everything. It's like, who knows? You get to the second round, maybe Malat Malak just you know tires out and wilts away. It's MMA, right? We don't know. I mean, we see this all the time. Look, Malarkey, huge favorite. He got knocked out. One punch. That's all it takes. Maybe just play that angle. Just go, okay. Right, And if Nunez and Milot win, even though the, oh there's some combinations that are only duplicated eight times just I I don't have those. but of course I didn't invest that much money into it. That's why I'm I'll be, I'll be bouncing around thinking about that you know until tomorrow crunch time, I'll have my lineups done. So I'll, I'll, I'll see what I want to do. But and no matter which way I go, I'm I'm this is a slate that I am investing much less money than I would normally do. On an MMA slate, I just don't really see, just don't see the edge as much. I mean, the numbers show it. My numbers show it. There were more fights. If this was a fourteen fight card, sure, let's go, let's go for it, have fun, come on. Now there's a lot of combinations. Now I can exploit those smaller edges more because there's more combinations that I'm not going to get dupl- as duplicated with. But these, it's just like, oh, this is a lineup that that has the highest rate. Oh, it's going to be duplicated twenty two times, and you throw it out. By the time you get to down to lineups that you that you actually could play, you're looking at them going, "Oh my god! Either this chaos, or I'm going to lose all my money." Right? So how much money am I going to put in? Okay, so you could tune back in tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's a seven p.m. Uh, uh, slate lock because I mean we only have eleven fights. Normally, these, these pay per view cards. The prelims would start at five thirty or six o'clock, but now seven o'clock because there's only two two on the prelims, but two on the prelims, three on the, four on the on the the main prelims, and then the pay per view card. So it's two, then four, and then five. Ugh, eleven fights, All right? So we'll be, we'll be there, me and Mike, for MMA Crunch Time, six fifteen or six thirty. You'll see the thumbnail, with uh, both of our faces on it. As I said before, sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Get a combo premium, right? Subscription. You get MLB, you get PGA, everything that's going on. When NFL comes around, you'll get all the sports, right? And you could listen to the MMA Ground and Pound podcast. That should be going up today. All of Liam's breakdowns of the fights, the expert survey, all of our projections, which will change. Right, they get updated every day. So go sign up, join me. I'm in the Roto-Grinders Discord. You can ask me any questions you want in my Blenders Game Theory channel. We had a fun little uh, coaching session on Zoom yesterday that aren't recorded, right? So you could be, be, feel free to explore anything that you'd like. Say anything you want. Show your results, show your process. It ain't gonna be recorded. It ain't gonna be out there. Next one of those is later in the month on the 28th, but you could join in on those. If you join, you know, just become a premium, right? That's what I was before doing these shows, right? I didn't just like, oh, okay, I'm pitching something that I don't like. Not. I was, I was, I paid for Roto Grider's premium and I was at a regular in the Discord with a normal colored name. Like I was just a normal dude. I was just a subscriber. So join me. Give me those thumbs, thumbs, the thummy thumbs, or the thumb thumbs, or anything. Give me whatever. Give me everything. Smash every button on the screen, except for the close button. Well, soon the close the show's over, so at some point you're gonna press the close button. Hit all the buttons. Follow me on Twitter at BlenderHD. And uh, yeah, got a slate tomorrow, and I'll be back on Monday with James McCool. Mondays with McCool, and then we'll keep on going through the summer. Right, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because I'm answering your DFS strategy questions. I do it every weekday morning, 11, and 11 a.m. on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.